0: Facebook famously determined that if a new member invited 10 friends within 14 days, they were hooked for life. So they focused religiously on driving the user experience to this key metric. If you apply this product-based approach to B2B sales, then you can identify those users that are ready to talk. And this method is known as the Product Qualified Lead, or PQL. So if you sell in a freemium, open source, or trial model then the PQL method is critical to give your sales team visibility into who is ready to talk. So talk to your data team, or better yet, partner with Whaler's team of data scientists to develop a PQL model tailored specifically for your business. You'll be empowered by knowing exactly when a user is ready to convert. To see specific examples, go to getwhaler.com forward slash Andy. That's G-E-T-W-H-A-L-R dot com forward slash Andy. And as a bonus, if you sign up to learn more about Whaler and PQLs, then Whaler will send you their optimized two-page master services contract that you can leverage for your own business free of charge. It's time to accelerate. Hi, this is Andy. Welcome to another edition of Frontline Friday with my regular and very special guest, Bridget Gleason. Now, before we get to the show, Bridget and I have a favorite to ask of you. We'd really appreciate it. If you took the time right now to leave a review for this show on iTunes, and while you're there, click the button, subscribe to Accelerate. Make sure you get Frontline Friday automatically each week. Also, we need to hear from you. More specifically, we need your sales questions. I mean, what can we answer for you? What challenges do you have that we can help you with? So, go to Accelerate.fm forward slash Frontline and enter your question there. Each month we're gonna select one listener's question to be the question of the month. And the winner will receive a fifty dollar Amazon gift card. So remember go to accelerate.fm forward slash frontline to give us your question and maybe win fifty bucks. So Bridget, how are you today?
1: I'm fantastic. As per my name. <laughs> That's how I got name. it. Yes, <laughs> as gym. I was saying, it's when we are recording this, it's we're at the very end of our quarter, so it's uh, mad dash, we're having a good quarter though, so that's great.
0: Always good, better than having a bad quarter.
1: Always, yep, yep. Close, um,
0: close those orders,
1: that's right, but all good,
0: yeah. no complaints. Nope, well, that's because you're fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, and you, uh, I'm fine, I'm good, yeah. I mean, a little different, you know, I don't have a big team of salespeople running around, just myself, but yeah, did. Close an order today and uh, with a sponsor for this show. So all very exciting.
1: That's great. Yeah. Good.
0: Yeah. So um yeah. Yeah, just getting ready as we record this. We're actually a couple weeks ahead of time, or a few weeks ahead of time, actually. We're sort of the big holiday weekend coming up here. So uh sort of a nice laid back time here in New York City. Yeah, locals isn't that nice. Get out of town and leaves the restaurants and the movie theaters open for the rest of us who stick around to sort of get in without any problem.
1: That's great.
0: Yeah, so we were, gosh, we I don't we had sort of a topic picked out we are going to talk about, but I, I was going to preface it a little bit by a great interview on this show. Um, I'm not sure it's, I have to look at my schedule, see so if it aired by the time that we, this episode has aired, with uh, the author, Jeffrey Colvin, who had written a book um Talent is Overrated, mm. which was a fantastic book. Bestseller, New York Times bestseller, business bestseller. And he's a regular contributor to Fortune.com, Fortune magazine, and which was a that book was an excellent book. And had him back on the show. We were talking about his his newest book, which has um, been out for a year or so called Humans Are Underrated. Subtitles What High Achievers Know That Brilliant Machines Never Will. And the whole story of the book is with the you know, sort of increasing pace of technological advancement and AI and machine learning, things we've spoken about on the show, I speak about with other guests on the show, it's like, what, what's the role of people going to be, especially in sales? Mm-hmm. And he does a pretty deep dive into the economics of of employment and how employment over the ages has been, ages over the last, let's say, 200 years since the start of the Industrial Revolution uh, or maybe a little bit before that, have been impacted, employment's been impacted by by advances in technology. And, you know, you talking about the Industrial Revolution was really a boon for low-skilled workers because, you know, it, it basically displaced the artisans, right? Mass manufacturing of you know clothing and and uh, weaponry, let's say used to be done on in a workshop basis, but you know, some mm-hmm. factories, and so it was great for unskilled workers. and then when electrification became widespread and we started to have the rise of the modern factory, you know that became good for skilled workers because they, you know needed skilled people to operate the complex machines and to build them. Things are being manufactured. We needed a new management class that didn't exist before, so high-skilled workers were in demand in a way that hadn't been before. And then, you know, coming into sort of the technological revolution in the '70s and '80s, suddenly that was great for sort of the middle-tier workers, you know, administrative workers and so on, where technology enabled them to become much more productive than they were before. But he he said, now we're sort of coming into this this phase, sort of the fourth phase, where Technology is becoming so good that it's not only continuing to impact or becoming so powerful, but it impact the middle, but it's also beginning to have you know demonstrable impact on low-skill jobs as well as the high-skill jobs. And give some really great examples about you know, the fact that you know the single largest profession in the United States is truck drivers. Which oh, I didn't know. Really? Yeah. And and, you know, long haul as well as short haul and so on. But, you know, obviously with the rise of autonomous vehicles, you know, profession that people would have thought even, to, and he gives cites examples in his book of experts, repeated number of experts over the, not that long ago, within the last 10, 15 years saying, oh yeah, you know, never be able to replace a driver, right? Behind the wheel. Yeah. And really in you know, the course of the last four, four, three to four years, we've seen that, well, of course that's going to happen. Um And I'm you know the high end you know, it gives examples of like uh, law firms where it used to be you know if you were a beginning associate at a law firm, you spent all your time you know going through discovery documents and lawsuits and so on. you know you plaintiff in a case, you know the defendant may have put half a million pages of discovery documents on on your desk that you have to go through, and now there are applications and systems that you' know, we're machines are doing that reading of half a million pages of documents and you know, they'll do it in a couple of weeks as opposed to six months to having a team of 10 you know, junior sh- attorneys do. And they do it better and they don't get tired and they can spot patterns that the humans can't and so on. So we're seeing Yeah, because that sounds like a miserable job to, for me. So
1: I think that's a good one that we can you, have. For you, but for those aspiring lawyers,
0: you don't need as many lawyers. And That's so right. we're seeing this unprecedented disruption on the high-skilled jobs as well, being driven by. And so the 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 premise and the thesis that that Jeff Colvin puts forward is that that the skills that become more valuable in this environment as technology encroaches more and more it is is the ability to become more human, the ability to. Having a meaningful interaction to build a relationship, to collaborate, to co-create, to that these are things that that surveys and businesses and hiring patterns showing are becoming the skills over the next ten to twenty years that are in the highest demand. And so we think about that. Those, hey, that's <laughs> fundamentally that should be something that you know falls right into the the province of sales, right? We've had all these. Uh, horror stories and you know gloom and doom stories and studies put out about you know B2B salespeople losing you know going out of existence you know and, and some significant fraction of them by 2020, I think is what Forrester said, 25% or 20%. But perhaps maybe not the case. So it's 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 very interesting. And I and I sort of brought that up because uh you know oftentimes I I I'm a member of these various discussion groups online, where sales professionals you know contribute questions and discussion threads and so on. And in light of having read Colvin's book and spoken to him on the show and had a great conversation with him, it sort of struck me that yeah, I I look at and monitor these threads, and no one ever asks a question. And this this sort of you know these are all you know management level sales management level people, is, is no one ever asks a question about customers. You know, all the questions posed on some of these, these uh, discussion forums are all about process and technology and so on. And I just find it so curious that that we've got this this gap between what people find that compelling to talk about versus what seems to be the case is that you know, that stuff's gonna become more and more automated and less and less the province of humans. And that's really that interaction between two humans is really the thing that's really gonna be important.
1: Do you think, Andy, that those discussions are not happening? Or they're just or they're not happening. Well,
0: they're not in those it- forums. right? I'm just looking, I'm just taking a public example. In this case, it's one called Modern Sales Pros, which has some great questions people are asking about what's that process technology, compensation, you know, territory division, so on. But
1: but you isn't know, modern sales pros also really a sales ops channel? Like, well,
0: somewhat, I always somewhat, but I look at the titles and, of the people that are contributing, and you know, it's VPs of sales and director of sales and so on. And it's, I just find it sort of curious, you know, because we've got this, you know, there's another thing that was really interesting in, in the another sort of gap that I found really curious in, in Colvin's book as he talks about that. Oh, it's a quote from. I think somebody, a senior level person at Oracle, saying that you know the skill to be most in demand is going to be empathy. Mm. And uh, what's the exact quote? Okay, the exact quote here is empathy is the critical 21st century skill. That was a Oracle Group Vice President Meg Baer said that. Mm. And yet the research is showing that it's research has this sort of been done continuously since 1979. They uh, survey like 14,000 college students, I think each year. And <laughs> what they found is the amount of empathy is actually declining
1: <laughs>
0: in the popula in the studied population year over year. And so, you know, again, it's fascinated by, and I believe what what Colvin says in his book, I I subscribe to that uh as you and I, as you probably know from our conversations, but but you know, we're coming into this environment where empathy is going to be a really high more highly valued skill and yet our population of of people coming into our workforce has less of it
1: i think that to me that sounds like good news oh, like yeah? i think Why? well for me for me for me that empathy is going to be so highly valued
0: oh and it's yeah it's great for you but it's as you as a sales vp yeah it's a little problematic because it's the skill that, that your salespeople are gonna need, yet it's the one that they have, you know, seemingly year over year have less of. Partly you know, it's not entirely driven by, you know, our preoccupation with our, our screens, even though that's part of it. But it started declining, hey, when you were in college.
1: Well, I I think there are other studies that just from a very uh this may be somewhat of a generalization, but that's what we traffic women, in here. I know, that is what we traffic in, is that women tend to be more empathetic, oh, absolutely. Empathic, and there is a lack of women in sales, That's especially sales leadership. So for me, I think that this could be then just one angle that I think about is, gosh, if empathy being a very important factor, being definitely very important in sales, being a skill that's important, it may start to attract more women. And I think one of the reasons, and you and I may have talked about this before on a show, that women don't choose to go into sales. It's not that they won't be good at it, but there is the language, the terminology, mm. the kind of bro culture.
0: Yeah, it's all women just...
1: They don't want to be in it. But if, it's, if the tide starts to turn and it really does require a set of skills that and become more and more emphasized because of technology or whatever, that the trend is that, that empathy is just highly desired and uh, translates into, let's say, success. I could see being a draw for more women into the field, and you know, I I love it being in sales, and I would love to see more women get into it. I also understand why, in many of the cultures, they don't want to go get into it. Sure. So, well, trying to find a silver lining in all of this,
0: well, I think there's great silver lining, and one is the one you just bring up right there is that for for women in particular, and not just necessarily in the sales profession, but across the board is, you know, there's research from a group called Oxford Economics that asked employers what are the skills that are going to be needed most in the next five to ten years and the answers that came back were none of the sort of traditional uh, left-brain skills that you would associate sort of business, you know, business acumen, you know, analytical skills, and so on. Instead, what they're saying the top priorities were Empathy, relationship building, teamwork, co-collaboration, co-creation, collaboration, cultural sensitivity—all right-brain skills. Which, yeah, according to research, women women tend to be more endowed with. Now, doesn't it's not an all-or-nothing, right? It's not like you know there are obviously men that do it as well, but but in general, you know, research shows that. So, yeah, you think a self-interested and foresightful sales manager, executive would make it a priority <laughs> to yeah, we need to it's not just a nice to have. We would make it a priority. I would, if I was in that case, if I were hiring, hire more women into sales.
1: Uh, I know. Andy, just not to digress too far here, I would hire more women in sales if I had more women who were interested. i I get one woman candidate for every got not even ten, twenty. I just don't I just don't see very many. Well, and so a question
0: for you it would be is is and we've touched on this before it is what's in the job description for instance the the posting that you put out there and maybe you know part of it has to be if you put in the words you know hunter m- 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 crushing no. it. <laughs> I don't crushing. Put that that's in what it. yeah, that's that sounds just like you, because you are Captain Fantastic. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Picture of you with your hands on your hips, legs spread apart, cape flowing yeah, behind exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. I do want the cape, remember? Sort of the I Superman the... pose. Um, I want the cape. Yeah, but yeah. If the, if the job posting said, you know, key skills are empathizing, collaborating, co-creating, building relationships. I, I don't think I've ever seen a sales, <laughs> a sales job posting. I mean, somebody could send one to me. That'd be great. But I'm not sure I've ever seen one that contains all those words. And if if they started doing that, which is, that's not that's perfectly right on the mark, wouldn't you think? If you're saying, look, I'm trying to hire somebody, and these are the skills that you know demonstrate skills we need to be able to to see empathy and collaboration. So, yeah, I think you'd attract a different population pool. It would take wouldn't be overnight, but over time for sure.
1: Yeah, that's uh. It, it's that's a good point. i I remember, Andy, when i uh, I, I worked at YesWare, which you know. And yes, I, I do. remember, yes, you do. And I remember a recruiter contacting me about the role and sending me the VP of sales uh, job description. And I remember reading the job description, thinking, Oh my gosh, I have never read a job description for a VP of sales like this. And it's the CEO is very much he's very empathetic, my, uh, Matthew Bellows. Um lot around mindfulness and meditation and the culture and the people yep, and yep. empathy. And and I remember reading it just thinking, I, I mean it almost brought tears to my eyes. I thought I couldn't I, I did. I didn't know that this existed. I didn't know that a CEO would want this, and so I remember I was so struck, struck by that. And after you know, I went through the process. I got the job, obviously, and obviously, obviously. And they were very um, Matthew was was deliberate. They wanted if if they could find someone, they did want a a female that because of because of these skills that they wanted to bring to the company so they didn't want a female so that uh, you know we need to we feel like we need a woman on the executive team it was there's a set of skills and traits and nature and that is more inherent
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, in women who we talk to and so they were very deliberate about it so i guess to your point yeah, I can. I definitely see that as uh, a good starting point. So,
0: when's the first time you had a, a female boss?
1: Um, when was the first time I had a female boss? Probably at Engine Yard. My boss was a female.
0: Yeah, which was. I mean. Well into, well into your career, right? Not to put oh, a number oh, to oh. it. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Let's not. No, many, many, many years, years into my career. I mean, it was mostly that I was often the only f- woman on the team or one of a couple. Yeah. So, yeah, you didn't have... I, I remember when I was at Xerox, there were a couple of female managers, not very many, Couple of women on the team, not very many, but they had a couple. But I, I, it wasn't. It was many, many, many years in, many, many years in before I had a female boss.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's and the fact is, it's still considered somewhat unusual in sales.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I don't know what the statistics are today, but it's uh, it's embarrassingly low.
0: Yeah, which is let's like it's just unbelievable, but. You know, when I look at it in the the context of you know how how the world is evolving, as as we talked about here, is you know technology saying, look, really what <laughs> you know it's machines are going to be limited to some degree in what they do. You know, there's some we've always been wrong when we claimed, hey, machines can never be able to do this, right? But there are some things that that you know perhaps the machines, at least not for. Many many years are really going to be able to to uh, compete with in humans, and it is that that interaction, that authentic, not that intensely human interaction, uniquely human interaction, right? That is going to stand apart. And so, I think getting back to the point for sellers listening to this show and managers is you need to say, okay, well, what are those human characteristics we of Talked about empathy, collaboration, relationships, but you know, we talk about the very specific things about how you differentiate yourself through how you sell. And not meaning your process, but meaning how you interact, how you engage, how you connect with another human being, which is is, you know, not something you're writing down in your overall sales process, something that is sort of, you know, you have to learn to encode in your own behavior.
1: It'll it will be interesting to see. And, I mean, to your point, we can say, oh, computers will never be able to do that. Technology will never be able to do that. And we don't really know. Well, yeah. I mean, all we know is that
0: a- inexorably, as, as Colvin points out in his book, you mm-hmm. know, machines are getting better. We're not. And they're not just getting, you know, better by a, a factor of one. They're getting a hundred times better over the course of of a few years. And you keep you know multiplying that throughout, you know if it's Moore's law coming into to being, you know, uh, what's computer capacity is doubling or capacity capability power doubling every what eighteen months or twenty four months? Mm-hmm.
1: And the number has changed,
0: but it's still basically on track.
1: Oh yeah 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 oh yeah I mean it's I think it's gotten it's sped up.
0: Yeah, so we're not we're not competing, we're not improving at that level. So yeah, making predictions about what machines will or will not be able to do, it's uh, sort of a sucker's game.
1: Yeah, and and I think it also, yeah, who knows what they'll do? But I think the challenge in front of us, though, is, yeah, they're doing more and more things. What opportunities does that create for us as humans? Well, it's to be um, more, to be more human. I think cold. and really, to be really more human. It. That's yeah. exactly, and I I think that's the. I think that's the beauty of it. Change is, change is the constant. And so learning how to adapt, and I, I like that it's moving this way. I don't want to be doing the robotic, I don't want to be doing those tasks. So I like that what's being required is something that is uh, that is human, that does require, at least right now, computers can't do. And that's great. Yeah. I like
0: that part of it. Well, and I think the question to consider within sales, especially in tech business, is can there be still be enough value added sort of at the, the entry-level sales roles to not have those become automated? And I think that's still an open question because, you know, given the way the role is executed in many, many companies, yeah, it's, it's possible. You know, if it's just setting appointments, setting up demos, so on, that you may have you know, bots that can do that.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it just means, that I, I think the sales, I don't want to say the process will change, the buying process will will change, which I think then will, uh, by necessity, the sales process will change. I think maybe um, sales will just, their involvement will come perhaps at a different stage or in a different way than than we think about it now. Well, I think the you know, people, you, Grant, no, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say when you think about you know the the good old days, the early days when I would go see customers. First of all, I had to go see them because we didn't have the technology to facilitate. I know that's hard to believe, but didn't have the technology to facilitate WebEx and meetings online and that sort of thing. And they didn't have the information. I'd have to go give it to them and deliver it to them. And so, like you pointed out, people thought, "Oh, salespeople are going to be irrelevant as soon as they can find things that they need uh, online and get the answers online." Well, that's that hasn't been the case. So I think we're just continually having having to adapt to what technology provides. But ultimately, I don't know that it's changed. I think people still buy from people for the most part.
0: Well, they do. I mean, and but the importance that they place on I said the empathy, the co-creation, I think is a really important part that being an advisor, yeah. the collaborative part, hugely important. That's not gonna be easily replicated uh, through machine intelligence. People have to be very conscious about okay, what am I take steps am I taking today? Right, to start making myself better in those dimensions. And so it really requires sort of the first step is sort of do an internal assessment or have somebody help you with that and say, Yeah, we're Really, where do I stand on the scale? If you're selling something and you can't make that connection with the customer, you, then you're not adding any value. If you're not adding any value, you know you might as well be talking to a machine. Uh,
1: plus one.
0: <laughs> All right, we've run out of time for today, Captain. Fantastic, great to talk with you as always.
1: And likewise, have a great uh, Friday and long weekend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've got the holiday weekend coming up. Uh, of course, it will be a, a thing of distant memory when this, this episode comes out, but yeah, looking forward to it. Likewise. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us today. Come back, join us again next Friday and every day on Accelerate. This is Andy.
1: And Bridget.
0: Talk to you next week.